Welcome to Managing Marketing, and today I'm joined by the CEO of Bench, which is a programmatic platform, Ori Gold. Welcome, Ori. Thank you. It's great to be here. Look, uh, the reason I wanted this opportunity to sit down and have a chat was a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in a uh, a marketing uh, presentation for the industry, and you were the speaker, and you put up an example of uh, Alexander Fleming's discovery of penicillin, you know, his accidental discovery. And I thought, you know, it just blew me away because that was such a interesting uh, metaphor to use. Why did you think it was such a uh, relevant metaphor for that audience? Uh, First of all, thanks for that. I'm happy that um, I did strike a chord. For me, I think, look, what we try to do at Bench, and and this is is my role as as the CEO um, leading the company, we try to take the complexity out of marketing as it is today. And for me, um, I think when we have innovation and investment in one area, we always need to look around in other areas to really learn where we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Because where we are in the, as, as I think uh, Wise Man Wise told me, within the fishbowl um, um, view, we, we, don't re- we can't really see the progress or mm. think macro. And um, when... When I use that um, that example, I, I, it's for me it's very clear for us it, from that discovery of Alexander Fleming of the antibiotics of penicillin and its potential. It took about ten years to scale that up, and it's been about ten years since we've got a bit of a revolution since um, RTB started mm-hmm. uh, within marketing. But then it took another fifty years for us from there to really um, understand how to better use antibiotics yeah. and for me that's when I think antibiotics I think it's so great oh we overuse it that's the two first association it feels to me that with uh, marketing what we are trying to do today is that we have great advancement of technology yeah but we overuse it or we don't know how to use it correctly or misuse for me it. that's the or misuse it yeah um, and that's for me the the link um, between the two yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, we're living in the most amazing time in human history as far as innovation goes. You know, the, the actual technology-driven innovation is relentless, and yet there are so many great opportunities presenting themselves. And do you get the feeling so that there's people that are just completely overwhelmed by the opportunities? Yeah, I, um, I not only get the feeling, I feel it every day. That's, um, that's a bit of what we're trying to solve. Um, I think it is overwhelming, to tell you the truth. Um, I think it's, it's not the, the people's fault. Um, I think it's the innovators' um, approach to it. There's no fault to be pointed mm. out anyway. Um, it's just progress with time. I'm sure that um, uh, you know, when we just started to drive cars, it was quite confusing, and um, then accidents started to happen, and then here we are. We have a um, great system to manage that um, from the human side. And um, I think it's, it's the natural progress of innovation as we know it. There's kind of like scientific or technological breakthrough, a bit of innovation there, and then us people are kind of like catching up with it. 
Mm. Um, I think being uh, uh, the understanding and the ability of that this is the point of time that we are at is key to the solution. A bit like a, like any other problem, we sort of recognize the problem and say this is where we are. I think it's it will help us to find the way out of that being overwhelmed with so much of information and data. And I think specifically in our time, um, we need to change our mindsets. Um, you know, with Google, um, I think it was one of the uh, initial taglines. Um, 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 don't keep it, search for it, right? Mm. Don't store it, don't tag it. Don't try to systematically um, um, tag it into little folders. Yeah. Just let it be released. Let it be. Let yeah. it be and search for it. We'll take you from when there. When you need to. And yeah. it took five to ten years for Google to, to get to where they are, right? The, mm. the, the search engine was there. People used to ask, What's, it's, it's like Yahoo, no? It's yeah. just directory. But no, it's something else. And I think it's our approach to things um, that needs to change. And uh, part of it is let go. Let go of control. Uh, when there's high and rapid innovation and, and a lot of changes is let go of control a bit, understand that we're in that situation, that will, I think, get, get the guards down and mm. the overwhelm feeling down. And then to understand, hey, we've been there before, we can benchmark from other, uh, other areas and then move slowly to the next step and, and, and be fine with that, be fine with failing. Because one of the things I think in this relentless innovation and it's being driven by um, commercial interest. You know, they want to innovate, then they want to commercialize very quickly to prove concept, to yeah. build revenue. You know, um, that, that in many ways what's happened is that the end user in marketing is actually being overwhelmed. And the reason they're being overwhelmed is because they're getting this constant bombardment of this is the latest thing, buy this now. Mm -hmm. And yet in actual fact, at the core of great marketing is a well-developed strategy yep. and what strategy seems to be getting replaced with is tactical responses mm. to the change the innovation change you know that the idea of here's my strategy how does that fit in with my strategies gone by the wayside and just with the sheer volume of innovation people are getting caught you know marketers are going oh i better be doing that and a bit of this yeah. and a bit of, you know the what do they call it the shiny new thing yeah what do you think I, I think spot on, um, uh, um, and again, I think it's, it's spot on, but it's fine. You know, I think uh, we, have to go, we have to be a teenage, right? Mm. And we have to go through that weird, awkward stage in order to become adults. And I think it is, it's kind of like two sides of these things. One of, one of it is to allow ourselves to explore that in that way and to yeah. taste and understand that we necessarily maybe will have less of a of a significant outcome at that point of time, but we have to go through it in order to explore what we need and what we want and get the new set of eyes um, and then get more maturity and actually understand how to use things and which of the innovations I need to use and benefits me and, and the rest is just noise. Um, so that's one element, but um, it, from the other side, I, I, completely, I completely agree with you that uh, many of the organizations today are in this situation and many marketers are now um, testing um, uh, tactical um, things and forget about the big picture. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the most important thing for us to understand, uh, definitely in marketing, but in business as a whole, that um, it's technology here to serve us and not us to serve technology. And technology right. by itself is not a standalone win. Um, so we always have to start with the what, um, then figure out the how and go back to the what. And if we get stuck 
to the how and the questions that we, we ask ourselves is how do we do that? How do I track it? Mm. How will I uh, uh, upload this and technological and how qu um, answers is, is probably a sign for us that we're not on the ball. Um, yeah. It's interesting because we do a lot of work with uh, marketers around just reviewing their strategy. And I love that uh, that strategic process, you know, the where are we now? Why are we there? Where do we want to be? How do we get there? And how will we know when we get there, right? And to me, that is such a basic five-point plan that you just apply any opportunity to. Where are we now? And why are we there? And where do we want to get to? Does this technology enable me to do that? And if it does do it, how is that part of the how I'm going to get there? And what's the measurement? Yep. You know, it's just a very simple approach. But I find so many people in business even overwhelmed by the technology because they've lost sight of the strategy. Yep. Yep. I um I share the same view and I think again this is, is one of the enemies of, of innovation. Um and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of time when decision makers, I think, within the organization feel overwhelmed mm. um, and they um, rather recognizing it and admitting that maybe they don't have the answer, they forget to forget maybe to speak the direction and let other people solve the rest, mm. um, where they, I think, maybe um, feel a bit... Um, conscious about the lack of knowledge in specific area that they suddenly let the tactics lead the way mm. rather than be comfortable with the fact that although I'm a decision maker and I need to make the shot I maybe don't know mm. because there's a new thing uh, in town or probably 15 or 15,000 of those but you know a marketing manager or uh, uh, operation manager that um, doesn't need to change much mm. in what they want and how they and what they want to achieve and how to get there is maybe have a bit of tweaks and I think not being overwhelmed by this innovation but keep the same same what and strategies has been we've done uh, many many years. Well, that's one of the things that I really you know the conversations we've had around, for instance, programmatic is that the approach is very similar in the way that you do it at Bench to the scientific method. You know, it's it's really about what is it. What is it, the hypothesis that we want to test? And then using the tools available to you to actually test it very quickly and get very quick responses back on, you know, what's working and what isn't. How important for you is that sort of scientific test and learn approach? Yeah. I think it's key. Yeah. I think it's key to, uh, when we spoke before about the, the set of ex new set of expectation, yeah. that is the core uh, pillar as I see uh, of these expectations is to understand that the cycle is much faster. Mm. Um, the learning is, is the best outcome that we can get and have small cycles, measurable cycles of learning um, once a day, once a week, not more than that, mm. um, is the key to succeed with these new tools and innovations. Um, it takes time to set up I think there's two components of of mastering it mm. um, is to take the time and to set it up properly, um, where the the outcomes of, of that setup should be I um, can go into the to my work, I can define in in simple terms as I used to do before this innovation kicked in, what do I need, where do I go with that, 
what do I want to see back? Mm. Which is, you know, we all learned it and we've done it for years. And to just not wait three months for it, but to actually get it next week, the answer. Yeah, because again, I mean, the, 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 to really spell out the scientific method, it's observe. So observe is observe your business, observe your marketing, observe uh, you know the the publishing data that's available to you. These are all observations that then inform a hypothesis. Yep. A hypothesis is simply a statement that you want to test to see if it's true or not. Yep. Right. So that would be to go to market programmatically against a particular segment and test it against a, another hypothesis to see which one gets the best result. Yep. And then when you get the observation, uh, when you get the results of the test, one or the other or neither is proven to be better. So then you're informed, you put that observation back into the beginning and you start again. And so it's this constant cycle of improving based on yeah. testing and learning. And what's better than that? I mean, even the Beatles um, got turned out in the first um, and second time. They, they tried to get their albums with a particular yeah. thing and, and they are the Beatles. And once they got the, 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 the contract signed and got the album out, um, suddenly everyone forget about these uh, first or two attempts that were actually failed attempt. Yeah. Um, they're still the bitters. Nobody can take it away from them. But um, you can't succeed without failing first. And I think, like you've mentioned, the, the beautiful thing about programmatic marketing and about the scientific approach um, entering into that space is that no longer need uh, uh, conversations where stakes to be wrong are so ha super high. Yeah. Then I have this you agency can fail here. Fast. You can fail. You can fail fast, fast. and it's pleasure. That's the, yeah. Let's celebrate that. Let's as fail every day. As, yeah, the big thing is out <laughs> of failure, as long as you've learned from doing, you know, it's like um, Edison, you know, when they said 5,600 5, different filaments. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of filaments. And he goes, yeah, but every time one failed, I knew that that was one less that I'd have to test. To test, exactly yeah. that. It's, and it's, it's, the, it's the pleasure of, of that better approach. And before we were not enabled, but now we're enabled and not using it to, to, to refer to your first uh, uh, comment when we started is like not using antibiotics. Yeah. Like do bloodletting now in the in the twenty first yeah, century. Leeches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's cure that uh, with with uh, with that. Um, it makes no sense suddenly, yeah. and we already enabled technology is already here. It's only us need to change our mindsets, and start celebrate um, learning and start every time. It's there's a, a funny thing when when we now um, part of the collaboration in our in in at bench is that every time we find ourselves in an argument. That's the sign for us, there's a test. Yeah. Every time we disagree, we say a celebration, there's a test here. Let's put money on it, let's make it fun. Um, let's get something from the other side. Um, and just like in, in rugby, when you can tackle the other person and then you can go and have a beer with it, that's yeah. the whole, that's the game. The game of let's argue, let's put it in test. One of us may be right, one of us may be wrong. It's all about the game. Yeah, because every, t every step, you're moving one step closer to success. To success. Yeah. And it's, it's about managing that successful trend sustainably. Um, it's superior. You'll just get greater things for longer term than punting successful idea or punting some major marketing campaign, which can be maybe once a year and then three dry years. So one, one of the things uh, with your Fleming example is it's famous or infamous for the fact that it was seen as a, a mistake or, uh, you know, he'd left the Petri dish with the, uh, the bacteria colony sitting out on a windowsill only to come back the next day and find that the fungus, the penicillin fungus growing, had killed 
all of the surrounding bacteria. Um, the other example is famously Newton uh, uh, getting hit on the head by the apple and, um, and you know, from that having thoughts about gravity. But the fact is that in both cases, they were, it wasn't just a, an accident because they were already thinking about this. Now, I'm just wondering, in your experience in the work you guys do, do you get happy accidents in the testing and learning that you do? Are there sometimes uh, unappreciated uh, anomalies in results that you go, hang on, that leads to a whole yeah. new line of thinking? I love it. It's, it's, um, it's, a, great, um, it's a great thing that you mentioned. It's, it's true because... Um, it's not the accident as it's the mindset of you understanding um, what you're looking for and which you really get the aha moments and, and the progress. Um, I say definitely that once you master the, as we said, separating the what and the how, and once you understand how innovation can contribute to you, you start looking for these signs. You want to, to get into the office with new idea and then you suddenly see the world in a different place, as a different place, and you see it in different colors. Um, it's, it's a bit, um, to put it on the ground, definitely um, success, I think, uh, comes when, um, I think, uh, good planning and readiness, mm. but has a major, major component of luck in it. If I'm ready to hone in on an opportunity, um, every second of the day that it will come past me, yeah. then you will succeed. Well, you're but if you see it, the opportunity it, yeah. and you you can't yeah. execute it or you can't act upon it, sometimes you're actually blind to it. Okay, so here's, a, here's another view of that, and it's from a uh, sporting, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Jack Nicholas, you know, uh, as a golfer, and they'd say, oh, yeah, you've won so many Opens. And you're so lucky. And he goes, no, well, it's funny. The harder I practice, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's that idea that it's actually the application to the methodology mm-hmm. that creates a awareness of looking for those lucky opportunities. Yeah. I, I think it's by applying yourself. And it's interesting because most businesses, most traditional businesses, have very much are based around command and control. You know, that they set up with a view in mind, they build an infrastructure, they do a reductionist process of yep. optimising their process to market, and they seem to think that we're going to head in this direction and off we go. Yep. And it's interesting because in the last few years, you know, we all hear about these disruptive businesses, you know, the Ubers and the Airbnb and, the, and Amazons and Alibaba and all those. But in actual fact, this, the, the fundamental difference from my perspective is that rather than traditional business, which is I'm going to go in this direction and this is how I'm going to do it, they've all set up with the mindset of there's potential customers out there. How can we use this piece of technology to actually fulfill a need that they want yep. and constantly be able to pivot yep. and reshape yep. in a way, test and learn. Yep. There's very few startups that actually have been successful in what they set out to do. In actual fact, they've become successful by constantly learning to pivot yep. to what the, the results in the market are. Yep. It's true, isn't it? It's so true. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm completely there with you because it's about letting go. 
letting go of that control and that master plan that you have to execute and um, um, there's a there's a saying in Yiddish um, which um, in English uh, uh, translates to uh, men plan God laugh yeah um, you know <laughs> good, good for one. him right yeah. because um, it is it was quite funny we just uh, the way the world um, operates and reality um, and the way we see the world is, is quite subjective. It's not real uh, mm. in, in the reality that is out there. Um, a bit like... Um, um, well, it, com- it comes from a delusional perspective, yeah, yeah. which is that we have control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Plato said that, as a, yeah. right? It was one of his greatest uh, um, um, findings and, and philosophies. Um, but, but I think it's about letting go and... Um, Understanding that a, a master plan is fragile. Mm. So if you got it right, it might be better and more maximized, but it has much higher probability to just break and fail. Mm. But if you let go and your plan is just the beginning of the game and you're really happy to react and to reshape the plan and not necessarily to be right, then I think you are maybe less maximized at that, that point of time but you're much more flexible and much less fragile when winds come. Now, today, uh, the world is big and innovation comes uh, right, left um, and center. And when you have that a lot of uncertainty, flexibility is better than, uh, than speed. Yeah. Um, or agility, and I think because adaptability. our adaptability, because we are, it's crazy times, we cannot foresee what happens, then we need to put the plans... Um, <clears throat> so getting back to science, yeah. this is absolutely encapsulated in chaos theory and complexity theory. So we've heard, everyone's heard of chaos theory about the butterfly effect, you know, and, and the fact is that, you know, the butterfly uh, flaps its wings in a Brazilian jungle and it causes a hurricane off the coast. But then the butterfly could, under chaos theory, the butterfly could also flap its wings and nothing happens. It's the total unpredictability of chaos theory. A, a much better domain in science is complexity theory. Because complexity theory says that it's so complex, it's impossible to know cause and effect, but it is absolutely able to put a test into it and see what the overall impact is on that ecosystem. And so a series of tests, and what you were describing is have a plan, but not be wedded to it. Have a plan as if it's an experiment. And when you put it into the marketplace, you're constantly monitoring to see if you're getting a positive outcome or a negative outcome. And at some point you go, you know what? We're not getting the results that we expected, but interestingly, something's happening here. So let's just pivot, which to me is agile. Yeah, exactly that, the agile approach. And and it's it's kicking in, it's kicking into too many businesses. And I think it's an exciting, exciting time for us when we can really... As, as people um, focus less on hierarchy, focus less on control and being right, and um, today enabled by technology and, and, and uh, many other, uh, other advancements to actually collaborate more, mm. have more conversations, allow ourselves to be wrong. Um, for me, it's very relaxing rather than overwhelming fact. Um, so what, yeah. what's at the core of that? Because a lot of people feel a huge amount of anxiety about the fact of accepting that there's no definitive solutions. Yeah, uh, let go. 
<laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a layman terms, is, is let, letting go, but um, really is to understand that it's, it's, a, it's a journey and, the, and it's about setting the environment right and the expectation right, um, just as much as is a technology and marketing question. Mm. Um, and I think um, uh, understanding that um, and understanding that if your environment is not, is not set into that type of a comfortable space, then this is the challenge that you need to conquer mm. rather than the technology challenge or the marketing challenge. That will segue you um, with ease to get to master the other two, I reckon. Yeah, because one of the, um, one of the uh, big scientific breakthroughs, and it was in the 50s for me, was in uh, quantum physics. You know, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, okay? So Heisenberg postulated or, or theorised that for a subatomic particle, it was possible to know its position at any point in time. But the more you knew its position, the less you knew its velocity and direction, mm. right? And what I loved about that was that we are so used to thinking in uh, definitive ways, you know, yeah. that, that a car is moving at 60 kilometers an hour along this. But yeah, at any point in time, we can either know its position or its velocity. We can't know yeah. both. It's really interesting because so much of marketing and so even so much of business strategy is based on knowing both yeah. when science tells us that you can't know both. It's based on making decisions based on these empirical measures when so much of it is not empirical. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very good point. I think, um, you know, um, my partner um, is always, uh, my wife is always asking me, um, you know, we have this game that we play, what's, uh, who's your best musician? Who do you like the best? And my, my, my straight answer is like, why do I choose one? Yeah. Right. Uh, life is a bit more complex than that. Uh, it's less fun sometimes with that type of an answer, but I think it's more true to, to, to the real world and what we want to achieve of that. Um, looking at the... Well, a more, so, so a more interesting answer there is at this point in time, <laughs> it is X. Yeah. But two seconds from now, it could be one. Yeah, yeah. And three seconds after that, because... Yeah, and you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the there first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, being a smart ass, you sleep on the couch, yeah. I guess. But, um, but um, I, I'm there and, um, you know, a, a lot of people today I'm talking about um, with, with my background, um, Israeli background, um, looking at Israel, the Israeli ecosystem that is, is a very innovative and kind of like a bit of a startup nation. And I think in one of its core things is that as Israeli, when you, uh, nothing is definitive. Mm. Um, compared to, let's say, Australia, um, that is, is a very regulated country. So when uh, you as a person in your everyday life, when you come to a bank, you expect to get a very definitive and clear answer with what is the next step. Mm. When you go to a bank in Israel, um, there's nobody what care about you. Um, and the answers are always, eh, look, we don't know, come back later, maybe this, if you want to do that. And you really need to explore what is the next step. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's in the core of innovation, like you've mentioned, is, is to let go and understand that things aren't as simple, that we only fool ourselves, that we only synthesize and simplify it um, just so we can get comfortably um, uh, on with our lives. But it's not the reality out there. And once we let go and we embrace actually a better approach of being comfortable with complex answers, being uncomfortable with stochastic 
um, answers, which is based on statistics, which is based on um, uh, what what do you think uh, will happen uh, will happen next? Well, it can be X or Y, or it can be thirty percent X, seventy percent Y, or it can mm. be. 15% X if and uh, 20% X and that's complexity and I think if we're comfortable with these type of answers and being comfortable with it exactly like you say is by um, not by just accepting that we don't know is by having a better system of saying alright I'll ask the same question tomorrow mm. and then I'll start understanding the movement hey yesterday you said 20% X and tomorrow and today it's 30% X are we growing a trend here? Mm. And if you keep on sampling it closely and asking the same question, I think we'll find simplicity within the complexity. Mm. So um, one of the things that uh, I'd be interested is, you know, there's been many scientific innovations, you know, and, and the world is absolutely richer for many of them. Is there one for you that is particularly profound? Is there a scientific innovation that's particularly profound generally and specifically in what you do? Hard question. Um, do I really need to choose one? Can I sleep on the couch? Um, well, you could sleep on the couch. <laughs> it's just nearby. Well, you know, it really well, depends. Well, let's because discuss it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm, you know, take these things really heavily. Um, I guess, look, in, in the world of what I do and with, with marketing, and I think we spoke about it, about it before, I would say definitely RTB is a big, big thing, um, um, real-time bidding kicking mm -hmm. into marketing. I really, really, really think it's in the essence of uh, uh, basically RT, uh, uh, real-time bidding to marketing is like antibiotics to, to, to medicine. I really think that's the biggest breakthrough. And I think we're kind of like now a bit in the woods, but... Uh, in a five to ten years time, everything will be real time bidding in our world as as market as marketers, be it's because it enables you to be able to respond and test and learn correct, very quickly. Because it it's the greatest enabler for what we exactly spoke about now of putting the scientific framework, the test learn evolve. Uh, framework, um, lowering the, the, the mistake and the stakes of being wrong um, to, to a really minimal degree, yeah. I think it's in the core of that. And for me, when you have this breakthrough that it's not that technology advancement that is actually resulting in, in the success and in the, is there that it's enabling so much other innovation, it excites me. Mm. It excites me because then suddenly you have data scientists that can do so much within marketing and create so many applications that marketers can pull creativity, that application can, can be born, um, a, a, dozens of them every week and every month. Um, and well, for me, it's, it's a great. Because it really has disrupted the traditional you know, waterfall or cascade approach to marketing. This whole yeah. idea of, you know, this is a long-term strategy. You know, we're looking at three to six months to roll something out. Because what you're talking about with real-time bidding could be done in, you know, 24 hours. You could do it daily. If Correct. Not, yeah. Daily. Daily, come back to the office, have a bit of a nice idea, throw things out there, get the reaction back and move on. Mm. It, um, think how much time and meetings it saves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it it's excites me as, as, a, as a marketer, as a technologist, as an engineer, um, but also as, as a justice yeah, thinker uh, about the so, opportunity. Sorry, I just laughed. Except that I realized <laughs> that you know what most of those meetings are? Is people trying to second guess 
what's going to happen because yeah. what they're trying to do is they're having a succession of meetings with multiple stakeholders all arguing like you said before about who th- who thinks it will work you know we should do a or we should do b yeah whereas with real-time bidding you can go let's do a and b and ask get, get the market to tell us yeah yeah, you know, all yep. of these meetings are just a succession of consultations yep. with all the stakeholders. Yeah, and then egos coming second, out, and, and then control guess. comes out, and then people do not let go. They just hold back even more. Take um, positions, yeah. and suddenly that position is yeah. more about them as a person and the, exactly. their, their importance uh, to the organisation. And, and who, ne- who needs that, right? Um, I mean, you know, if, if we want to, you know, get a status at work, that's great. But if we look at it in a greater scale and we want to get results and we want to live our life happily, collaboratively, but also do something mm. with our day, uh, something productive, because like Mark said, there's a spark there that if we'll create something and, 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 and actually make it, we can, as, as people, we have this, this uh, reaction that we, we just get a rush out of it. So being able to go into the office and actually create, and when when um, it doesn't mean that egos will stop, but when when that situation comes, it's a nice doorway out of saying, "Hey, mm. with a bit of a smile, right? Hey, let's test it. Uh, well, maybe I'm right, maybe you're wrong. Hey, let's stop talking. Let's testing in there. After come back and 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 laugh about it. Because I think so much of the time that marketers are, com- are committing to a piece of work is actually pre-guessing, isn't it? It, it is. It is. You know, and it's a bit like, I, I can't remember, was it Aristotle or Plato? You know, that the an idea is like a rock and it's put in the centre of the room and then everyone comes into the room with their rock and smashes on it to see if they can break it. Because if they break the idea, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I love it. Right? Uh, whereas, uh, and, it, and that's very um, Western uh, philosophy. Whereas an Eastern philosophy is an idea is like a drop of water. Mm. And the role of everyone is to bring more water and add to the drops so that it turns it into a river. Mm. And a river can make all sorts of things happen. So I think it's interesting the different approaches because business is very much around that Western idea. Whereas, you know, as you say, with real-time bidding, we have the ability, if you've got an idea, we can be innovating on a minute-by-minute basis yep. and then testing things yep. to see what's working and learning from those tests. I so much agree. And, you know, maybe to the um, to the uh, maybe decision-maker, Westner, um, um, you know, middle to high management um, manager, it might be a bit intimidating to... to um, get some Eastern philosophy into the into the mindset. But I think um, it's the same philosophy as probably you mentioned before. It's look at um, look at the scientific approach. Mm. Um, it's about is it's about failing just as it's about succeeding. It's about getting the next layer of um, getting your hypothesis either right or wrong. Mm. I mean there's our professors out there that spend their entire life um, on, on, a, on a big hypothesis and at the end of the day it's wrong and everyone's clapping. Mm. They still publish papers, they still have status and prestige and that's completely fine. Now I think uh, uh, you know a, a Western manager in an organization needs to recognize that that's the reason um, we all speak English, right? That's the reason uh, the, uh, the, the Western world is defined uh, by Europe uh, yeah. When they discovered the scientific approach a few hundred years ago, and I think just taking that approach and the mindset and saying, "Hey, it actually worked, right? This is what made us here." Um, so I know it works. It's not as foreign to me because I went to school. I you probably went to college or university. I understand how it works. 
I can actually do it today. Um, it, I don't need to go to the Far East and, and find myself, you know, new ideas. It's actually right here, right next to me. Um, and maybe the different thing is that in, in academia, you're allowed, you know, you can take a few years, you know, um, to, 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 to cancel our yeah. hypothesis, but us, you know, corporates well, need to do it in, in every week. But well, um, it's here, about the small cycles. Here's, here's a fundamental difference between uh, commercial application of science and academic application of science. Mm. And that is that in the academic application of science, there is an incredible importance for peer review. Mm. which will slow down any innovation any you know from from the discovery or a, a, a the results of an experiment mm. it then has to be reproduced by a number of peers before it's then acceptable because mm. it has to be reproducible it doesn't occur in business because we're competitive if i find an innovation or an opportunity I'm not going to go to the marketplace and share it with all my competitors yeah. because I've discovered that. It's what gives me the competitive advantage. It's a fundamental difference. In some ways, it's a flaw, but we're not necessarily dealing with people's lives. So on that basis, avoiding the peer review is probably allowing us to adapt and move forward faster. Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. I love it. Yeah. But look, um, I'd love to keep talking to you about this. It's a fascinating topic. Thank you for uh, coming and having a chat. Darren, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it uh, very much. should do more often. And uh, just one last question. Uh, just out of interest, who's your favourite scientist? Mm-hmm.